Welcome to the Luke Messias Show. Last Republican primary, I voted for Louis Gohmert to be my attorney general. He was not elected. He didn't make the runoff. We proceeded to a runoff between Ken Paxton and George P. Bush, and I then voted for Ken Paxton. The reason I mention that is that so many conservatives are uniting against the impeachment of Ken Paxton, which is set to start in about a week. And I think we have to ask ourselves, why are so many Texans from various backgrounds who supported different candidates all coming together to oppose the impeachment of our attorney general against a Democrat-led effort between a coalition of liberal Republicans and the Democrat Party? We're going to break that down for you today. And we're also going to talk about the Texas heist, which has been an incredibly successful documentary that the Texas scorecard released. So I look forward to talking to you about this and many other things. Let's get to the show. The impeachment of Ken Paxton is horrendous. It shouldn't be happening and it needs to stop. The Texas Senate is in a fantastic position to end the madness that was begun by a uniparty system in the Texas House of Representatives, whereby liberal Republicans, sellout Republicans, who are not in any way aligned with the values and convictions and policy desires of voters, are willing to work with the Democrat caucus in a shared power dynamic. And this shared power dynamic has been highlighted very accurately by the Texas heist which is a documentary that was released by Texas Scorecard a couple weeks ago. And I have been absolutely overwhelmed by the positive feedback that has been received from that documentary. It has opened the eyes of tons of Texans. I know so many Texans who were not even that engaged in the political process, who watched this documentary and then reached out to friends, precinct chairs, people that go to True Texas Project meetings, elected officials, my show and said, I had no idea things were this bad. What can I do to change it? And in the coming weeks, one of the episodes I want to do is basically one dedicated to the battle plan following the Texas Ice. Because the Texas Ice does a phenomenal job basically showing you all of the problems we have. And there are definitely some solutions given in the show, but that's a long conversation to have in and of itself. And so I hope to dedicate a show to that in just a little bit. But the impeachment of Ken Paxton is the window that we look through today to look at the problems that exist in the legislature. Now, the reason I started the show by telling each and every one of you something that I don't really talk about publicly, but I have told many people, is that I voted for Louis Gomer in the contested primary. There was George P. Bush, Eva Guzman, Ken Paxton, and Louis Gomer. And George P. Bush and Eva Guzman were the establishment choices. The moderates got behind them. Texans for lawsuit reform got all in on Eva Guzman. They were incredibly disappointed by probably one of the smartest political moves I've seen, which is the Kim Paxton campaign's move against Eva Guzman in the final week of the election, which pushed her from second to third place and put them into a runoff matchup against George P. Bush. Now, I know Ken Paxton and I know, know Louis Gohmert. I think Ken Paxton has done a good job as our attorney general. And I personally thought Louis Gohmert would do an even better job as our attorney general. But guess what? Louis didn't win. Ken Paxton won. 
and George P. Bush came in second. So there was a runoff election. And the choice in the runoff election for me was very easy. I picked Ken Paxton. And then I voted for him again in November. Now, why does this matter? One of the things I've heard, I published a piece in American Greatness. I went on the Eric Metaxas show. I've done a couple of radio interviews all about the Ken Paxton impeachment. And I keep hearing those critics on the other side basically say that this is all about people who want to help Ken Paxton. But it's important to recognize that a lot of us who are helping Ken Paxton didn't even vote for him as our first choice. Now, that's not me criticizing Ken Paxton. I actually think Ken is one of the most conservative attorney generals in the country, and I've said so multiple times. Personally, I thought, wouldn't it be great to go from one of the most conservative attorney generals in the country to an even more conservative attorney general? I was actually really disappointed when I saw Louis Gohmert come out and, and show that he still has a lot of, I would say, resentment against Ken with his loss in his criticisms of Ken over the last month or two. That's unfortunate. But the reality is this. Conservative Republicans are opposing the impeachment of Ken Paxson, not out of some personal loyalty to him, but out of a belief that we actually should have Republicans that govern like Republicans, out of a belief that we should actually have Republican lawmakers that are more focused on advancing our policy priorities than they are in taking out a political opponent. Because that's what this is. This is a political trial. It's a political trial whereby the Democrat votes are already counted. They're already counted against Ken Paxson because what Democrat in their right mind would vote against the impeachment of their own statewide opposition party? There's one, Harold Dutton, and he articulated why. He basically came out and said, I've been here for four decades and this is so atrocious, I can't even vote for it because of how bad it was done. And now you have people coming over and saying, well, it's not the process, the process doesn't matter. As long as we think he's guilty, as long as we think he's guilty, we can take him out. It's really funny, you'll hear these type of arguments from people like Jeff Leach and others. Jeff Leach, who we'll talk about in a second, led the fight to end the death penalty for mass murderers, for many mass murderers, not every mass murderer, but a lot of mass murderers. Jeff Leach literally pushed policy that would end the death penalty for those mass murderers. These same people that are obsessed with the process when it comes to, if there's one little, you know, belt that wasn't DNA tested correctly 20 years ago after we know this man committed all these heinous crimes, they want to stop his execution. When it comes to the attorney general, even when they knowingly participated in the wreckage of a system, they're going, let's just shove it through. Let's just put a lot of pressure on it against the will of our voters. Republicans didn't ask them to do this. Republican voters were not sitting there going, hey, you didn't give us all of our property tax relief money back. You didn't support, you didn't protect transitioners. You didn't stop China from buying my farmland. You didn't protect our elections. But hey, you know what? I'd really like to make sure it's okay that you didn't do any of those things. Can you please impeach one of the most conservative attorney generals in the country before you leave? And then here's the other problem. We have forgiveness doctrine in the state of Texas. What is that? It's a 
law that says that you can't remove someone from office for something they did prior to getting elected. Now, why is that in place? The idea is that you ultimately want to empower voters more than politicians. You want to actually believe that when voters put someone into office, we take that really, really, really seriously. And so you don't take those results and undermine them and overturn them. That's the idea, at least. In Ken Paxton's situation, it's even worse than that. He's being impeached for a laundry list of things that he's been accused of for a long time and is in the process of dealing with some of those accusations in court. That's Ken Paxton. So the voters did not unknowingly vote for a man who committed 19 of these various different offenses, and then they're just now finding out about it, which is also why Republicans are so mad. See, the politicians say, hey, we got all these things. Some of them, he's literally been in court over for a long time. Here's the political elite's problem with Ken Paxton. He's still attorney general, and they can't stand it. And they hate that the voters keep sending him back. I vote for who I want in every single position. I look at the position, I look at all the candidates that are there, and I say, I'm going to vote for this person. But I don't despise the people that select someone else. Even when they choose people that I really don't like. I have knocked too many doors and gone to too many events and spoken at too many debates to despise these people. They're incredible patriots who are trying to fight to save our state and nation. I get incredibly frustrated at times with the fact that we have a system that has massive funders who are all at the government trough benefiting from all your tax dollars are going into all their coffers and they're turning around and spitting a bunch of it back out to the elected elites who then have gobs of money to run for re-election and tell voters whatever they want to hear. That's frustrating. It's sometimes frustrating when voters believe them, when I know that they're lying. But I don't despise the voters. And you never should. Because these people if you go knock a neighborhood of Republican voters, you'll realize they're just like you and me. They deeply care about the future of our state and nation. So the forgiveness doctrine is in place because we take their votes very seriously. And in this case, we take the decision they made very seriously because not only did all these accusations, accused, alleged behavior by Ken Paxson happen before he was just reelected, but he was accused of doing them publicly before he was elected. And some people have told me, well, uh, you know, I don't think a lot of people knew as many details, Luke. Okay, well, now you're blaming the fact that Texans for Lawsuit Reform and Eva Guzman and George P. Bush, who spent I don't know, over $10 million, didn't take enough time to tell voters about this? Well, maybe because they tested it and they realized that those attacks were not as effective as other things they wanted to spend their money on. The legacy media outlets have written about this constantly, consistently. Dallas Morning News, Texas Tribune, all these groups constantly writing about Kim Paxton for years. He got reelected. 
They despise the voters that sent him here. They despise the voters that sent them here to actually pass things. They can't stand it. They have to go back every two years and then make up a bunch of stuff to try to keep their power. The deal that was cut to take Ken Paxton of office is a horrible deal for conservatives and a slam dunk victory for Democrats. That's why Republicans are frustrated. And that frustration has been further amplified by just the reaction I've seen to the Texas heist. So if you haven't watched the documentary yet, I'm going to encourage you to do so. You can go to YouTube, the Texas Highest, go to Texas Scorecards page, watch it there. If you have our Apple TV or Roku app, you can go on there and, and watch it. You know, it's funny because uh, my wife doesn't watch like everything that I do or we produce or whatever. Um, and that's okay. She's an amazing, angelic woman uh, and a patriotic Texan. But I was like, well, you probably should watch this documentary. So we sit down and, and you have to understand, like, we have a five-week-old baby. So needless to say, like, when you have 45 minutes of quiet, which happens very rarely in our house right now, you know, you don't usually go like, hey, let's watch a documentary on Texas politics, okay? I don't hold any offense to the fact that that's probably her perspective. But we sat down and I said, just watch the first five or 10 minutes so you can kind of see how it came together. And she goes, great. And then she watched the whole thing and it ended and she was like, man, that thing was so well done and it went so quickly and I feel like I learned a lot through it. But that's the reaction I've gotten from a lot of people who have watched it. People who've emailed me, people who have commented all over social media, very encouraging. So if you haven't watched the Texas Heist yet, do it on YouTube or Roku or Apple or Twitter. It's on Facebook at Texas Scorecard. The other place, the other thing you need to do is you need to send it to people you know who are conservatives who are Texans, and say, hey, watch this and you'll know why I'm engaged in Texas politics. Many people who aren't engaged in Texas politics are not engaged because they think we're fine. So they care about other stuff. This gives them the window into what's happening so you can turn around and say, this is why I do stuff. This is why I go to Republican clubs. This is why I donate to these Texas candidates. This is why I'm engaged with these various conservative organizations that are advancing these policy issues. That's what you need to think about. Last but not least, I want to talk about something that I'll probably talk about again on this show at some point. But I wrote a commentary at Texas Scorecard uh, that if you haven't read, you should go read. I'm going to overview a little bit of it for you here today. It is 18 Texas Republicans who voted to end the death penalty for mass murderers. And in this, I talk about the fact that the Texas House of Representatives has been working to undermine the death penalty for quite some time. And the thing you have to understand about the death penalty is that Republican voters support the death penalty significantly. Over 80% of Republican voters support the death penalty. Over 60% of independents support the death penalty. Heck, almost 30% of Democrats support the death penalty. But not only do we support the death penalty, we really, really support the death penalty for the most heinous crimes that are committed in our midst. And Ron DeSantis is one of the leading voices on this policy issue. He actually pushed legislation through in Florida this last legislative session to expand the death penalty to repeat child offenders. 
He said, hey, there are other people that currently can't get the death penalty in Florida that need to get it. And in the Texas House, they passed legislation that said, we think too many people are getting it. And we think some people shouldn't. And it was a debate that if you haven't watched, you should. And I posted the debate online. In this debate, Jeff Leach and Democrats. So if you're wondering about this kind of problems with the Uniparty and Democrats or Republicans teaming up, this is a great example of that happening. It was a bill that said that anybody diagnosed bipolar, schizophrenic, or other mental illnesses, severe mental illnesses, could not receive the death penalty. And when they say diagnose, what they mean is, and if you can get some psychologist to come in and sit down with this guy and be like, hey, I talked to him, I asked 15 questions, and I think he's bipolar. If you get that sign off, death penalty's off the table. Now, by the way, let's not fail to mention the fact that that same psychologist probably met with some eight-year-old girl that week and was like, I think this girl's a boy. These are the people, these are the evil people that we want to empower to determine who does and doesn't get the death penalty. I don't think so. HB 727 by Tony Rose was the bill. Now, one of the things you'll see if you go to the piece that I posted is I also posted a debate between Ali Bestucky and Jeff Leach because Jeff Leach has been working for quite some time to undermine the death penalty in the state of Texas. And uh, he debated Ali Bestucky because he was trying to get a, a mother who murdered her child off of death row. Her, her little beautiful girl. And the truth is, one of the things you have to understand is that the same group of uniparty politicians in the Democrat and Republican Party who despise the voters who pick Attorney General Ken Paxton to be reelected also despise juries. They hate that juries come together, hear these heinous crimes, and say this person is guilty and should receive the death penalty. They can't stand those jurors. So they tried to push this bill through. 18 Republicans ultimately voted to try to do this. I'm going to read those names for you in just a second. But if you want to go to the piece, you will see it outlined. You'll see the debate. You can watch the debate happen where Jeff Leach is trying to kind of mislead people substantially. He tries to significantly, I would say, um, deceive his colleagues on what the policy even does. What the bill did was it said that if you are one of these, you don't get the death penalty. Okay. And then he tried to make it a process thing. Well, all this is doing is it's moving certain pleadings up to the front of the line and all these different things. Nope. The bill said, if you're bipolar, you don't get the death penalty. And why do I say that that means that mass murderers don't get the death penalty? Well, we know statistically that over 30% of mass murderers are bipolar. I don't know if you know this, but you have to be pretty mentally deranged maybe demon-possessed, off your rocker to decide to shoot up a ton of people, to walk into a school, to go to a theater, to do anything. It takes massive mental brokenness to do that. And so 
It doesn't surprise anybody that 30, 40% of mass shooters are diagnosed schizophrenic, bipolar, something. So they knew what they were doing. They knew that a lot of people who have committed a lot of heinous crimes in Texas that jurors have decided is warrants the death penalty have massive mental brokenness. It's why they're doing what they're doing. And they said, well, if we just say anybody categorized there can't get the death penalty, we literally stop the death penalty in a ton of instances, including many mass murderers. The 18 Republicans who uh, voted with Jeff Leach when he really worked hard. And you have to understand, some of these people were just getting bullied by leadership. And I, we talk about this. Uh, you'll, you'll hear a little bit of this in the Texas ICE. You'll hear a little bit of this other places. I talked about this last week, right, with Carl Tepper, who's sitting here going like, there's no bully tactics. And then he's like, well, actually, sometimes I have to vote for these really bad bills just because I got a bill in a committee that's going to die if I don't. But the 18 Republicans who voted with Democrats to try to undermine the death penalty were Brad Buckley, Dustin Burroughs, Angie Chen Button, Drew Darby, Gary Gates, Charlie Guerin, Craig Goldman, Ryan Gian, Lacey Hole, Todd Hunter, J.C. Jaton, Ken King, Stephanie Click, Jeff Leach, Morgan Meyer, John Rainey, and Ellen Troxclair. Now, the good news is John Rainey from College Station recently announced that he's not running for re-election, so that is a huge win. But most of these other Republicans are coming back. And if they come back again dedicated to teaming up with Democrats to vote for death penalty related policy, that will be very bad for the state of Texas. Luckily, that bill, HB 727, was actually killed in the Texas Senate. Dead as a doornail. As Carl Tepper said, the Senate usually cleans up the House's mess. That happens time and time again. So if you haven't seen that piece, I want to bring it to your attention. I'm trying to write about different policies that I think are really important a year, a year and a half from now. These are the type of policies that we need to make sure don't go anywhere next session. And they shouldn't have even gone halfway down the field last session. And that's why I wrote about them. And uh, I know different people who have reached out and said, I've already emailed this to my state representative and asked him about it and have talked to him about it. So hopefully some of these Republicans are going to wake up to the fact that they shouldn't go along with it, even if Jeff does decide to team up with Joe Moody and other people. Joe Moody, by the way, is the Democrat who just recently said, oh, I'm not running for other offices because I actually have a ton of power in leadership in the Texas House. This is a liberal Democrat from El Paso who has called Republicans all a bunch of racists because we passed sanctuary cities bills, border security measures. That same Democrat is like, hey, I can't leave the Texas House because I'm actually a powerful member of leadership. Can you imagine a Republican in California saying that? Hey, sorry, I'm, I can't run for Congress because I'm a state representative. And man, I'm getting so much done because the California Democrat leadership has me in on the leadership meetings and I've been actually pass a lot of Republican policies. Do you think you'd ever hear that? I don't think you would. You hear it in the Texas House. So keep your eyes on bills like this, policies like this. And if, if you care about the death penalty, if you actually believe it should be instituted and enforced as I do, then reach out, let me know. We'd love to hear your feedback and thoughts. If you've got a history in law enforcement or the DA's office or experiences with this, just let me know. We'd love to hear uh, what y'all are hearing out there 
And those of you who care about this issue, because I do think that if we create some coalitions around this issue, then next session, when this type of policy comes up, maybe we'll have more people ready to jump into the fray and to stop it dead in its tracks. I hope you have a great week. I look forward to coming to you next week. May God bless you. And may God bless the great state of Texas. Thank you for listening to The Luke Macias Show. To find out more information about what's going on here in Texas, visit texasscorecard.com.